Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping our church, Sacred City Church, follow Jesus in the normal everyday rhythms of life. And so it's our desire, if you have a question about following Jesus in the the normal everyday rhythms of life, email me at justin at sacredcitychurch.com and we will do our best to answer that question on a podcast. And that's exactly what we're going to try to do today. And um, on the podcast with me today is my pastoral assistant, Kevin Knorr. Hey, guys. Our deacon of worship, Joel Bickford. Hello. And our deacon of youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? And this is the first podcast uh, for me after I've been uh, back from my, my vacation. I took the month of July off. I know we still had some podcasts that uh, coming out in July. That was because we recorded a bunch of them uh, before I left so that we could still have content coming out consistently. And um, this question we've actually already answered once, but we had some technical difficulties and lost the, lost the file somehow. It got messed up. And it was, uh, hopefully it's not too, too late now, but it was a listener question who wrote in and asked us, um, as a Christian, should I attend a gay wedding? Uh-oh. Yep. So go ahead and answer that for us, Alex. Yeah, right after you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as Christians, should we attend gay weddings? Now, before, I know we all just want, give me a yes or no, Justin. Just give me a yes or no. That's simple. But with a lot of things, you know, the answers aren't always that, that simple. First off, I want to lay out the case for why this is actually, you know, I can understand this being a, a difficult decision, right? Um, as we are living in a increasingly secular society, um, the normal biblical Christian sexual ethic of uh, marriage being only between a man and a woman is no longer um, the sole view, let's say. It's still the predominant view, I think. Or, I mean, maybe not... Uh, I, I don't want to say predominant view, but I think, I think it's been um, more people than ever believe uh, that homosexual marriage is... Obviously, it's legal. The Supreme Court made it legal. And they... Many people believe that it's actually a good for society, and it's it's totally fine. And so, um, as we go to the text of Scripture, we realize that marriage is between a husband and a wife, and there's no room in Scripture anywhere for homosexual marriage. Um, there there is a diversity of gender that's necessary for a b- biblical marriage in the sight of God. And yet, as Bible-believing, theologically conservative, gospel-centered Christians, we are living in a society that doesn't share our view, right? And we are on mission to neighbors, colleagues, maybe even nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, et cetera, et cetera, 
people that we love that um, will find in themselves desires that are uh, contrary to nature and contrary to scripture, which is uh, homosexual desires, and they'll seek the legal ramifications that they have right now and they'll want to be married, right? So men will want to marry men, women will want to marry women. And so how should a Christian respond to that, right? How should a, should a Christian attend a gay marriage? And I know this question, it get, the, the more investment you have relationally in someone, maybe the more difficult this question becomes. Like, what, what if it's my daughter? What if it's my son? What if it's my sister? What if it's my brother? What if it's my whatever? On and on and on we go. And, uh, and so that's the question that we want to we wanna break down for us today. We want to answer today because we do want to be loving people and we do want to honor the truth of God's word at the same time. And this is one of those situations where, you know, it might feel like walking a tightrope. There's, there's, there's real tension involved here. So right away when I, when I start breaking this down like that, just building out this question, what are you guys' first thoughts? I think it's tough just because um, if you are a Christian and you're saying that you're a Christian and, you know, you're just, you know, very involved in the church, just, you know, doing all the things, right? Um, when you when you go to this wedding, is it saying that you accept what they're doing, you know? And for a lot of people, they'll be viewing that you that way. And I, I think it's just really tough to kind of, it's going to be tough to walk through this today. Mm. Yeah, I think what you said there um, about the relational, um, the relational aspect. So I, I, I think there's a lot of Christians who probably don't have <clears throat> a legit relationship with the homosexual um, or, you know, or even maybe no one in their close circle. And so uh, in that sense, it can feel like probably a pretty easy question to answer at a distance and just say no. Um, but I would just reemphasize the, the nuancedness of, um, of that, the closer you get in relationship. I think it does it does bring up some more difficult questions that need to get answered and sought, and sought through. Mm. Yeah, and especially as a missional church, not just a mm. come on Sunday and leave the rest of the week, but especially as um, being intentionally everyday missionaries, thinking through and talking through how to walk through that um, in a way that doesn't just tank the relationship. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so let's talk about um, let's talk about this issue a little bit. First off, what is what is a wedding? <clears throat> Biblically, a wedding is a ceremony between several people, let's just say. Let's just say it's between a bride and groom. It's between bridegroom and God. Um, first ceremony really is, is uh, early chapters of Genesis when God God walks Eve down the aisle and gives her to Adam and this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh and and the two are united together and become one 
and we see this um, polarity between them. We see this diversity between them, male and female, biologically distinct and different and unique. And yet the two come together and become one, and that's, um, that's what the wedding is, right? That's what the marriage ceremony is. Um, and of course, as Christians, we believe that that's only between a man and a, man and a, man and a wife. Uh, that can't be, that, whatever is happening between two men and two women, it's not a biblical marriage. It's not a marriage in God's sight. It might be legal, but it doesn't make it mm-hmm. ethical or right or true or, be, or beautiful or biblical, okay? So right away, we, we can say that. But what does it mean to attend a wedding? Now, typically when we send out marriage, I do a lot of weddings. I think it was something like 45, I think. Or I just saw the, the stat in the past 10 years. I've done something like 45 weddings in Crazy. City or something. Um, and typically they when, they when a couple sends out a, an invitation, the invitation says something like that. So it says something like, bride, blah, 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 groom, blah, 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 um, invite you to the celebration of this unit, unit, unity between this couple, right? Invite you to the celebration of. And when you attend a wedding, they used to, they don't do this anymore, but they used to, if you guys maybe have seen old movies or something, you remember, there used to be this segment in the, in the sermon or the vows where the preacher would say, does anyone object to the union of this man to this wife? And it had to be the most awkward time in a ser- in a series. Because like, what if somebody was there and was like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yes, I object. He's a, he's a dirtbag. Um, and so both of those things kind of signify the reality that to attend a wedding is to be invited into the celebration of the thing mm-hmm. that's happening there. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, if not all of the time, a bride and a groom only wants people there. They don't want any objectors there. They want people there who are saying, yes, amen, this is good, I'm happy about it, let's throw a party afterward and celebrate it. Right? Right? So, would you guys, okay, so, so here's what I'm saying. I'm saying I believe attending a wedding is celebration, celebrating the union that's happening there. Yeah, I would say to some degree, you agreeing to be at, at any wedding you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say you're, you're, you, you can't get past, like, your presence there is... A, either a stamp of approval or a celebration right. of the thing. Yeah, I would, probably, I would agree with that. Yeah. Even without having to say anything. Yeah. Just, just being there. So, some people would say, well, I'm going to, I'm supporting this person, but I'm not, I'm, I'm loving this person, I'm supporting this person, but I'm not supporting the wedding. Well, your presence there is supporting the wedding. Like that, you're not there supporting a person. You can't be, you're not just there supporting a person because there's something happening more than just personal. This isn't a birthday party. If this is a birthday party, go. 
You know what I mean? Go. um, If this couple is already married and they're having a baby shower, I I think that's totally different. Like, like go, you know, Mm -hmm. if if this is, you know, sell, you know, just hanging out with a person. Yeah, go. But when you're attending a wedding, your, your presence there is giving your approval to what's happening. Right. And what's happening is a lie against God, against nature, and it's it's not a good, a societal good. And then you almost lie to yourself because if they say there is there any objection objections, like you would have to raise your hand because this is something that you don't agree with. Right, right, and <laughs> that would be even worse. So. If they actually did that, if they actually did that, and you're like, oh, hold on, I've got some Bible verses. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Then that person would probably be like, I don't want you at my wedding. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're actually voicing the truth and you're voicing reality. So I think, so, so you could say like, well, how about I, this is my best friend or my aunt, my uncle, whatever. So I'm going to go behind the scenes and I'm going to communicate to them that my biblical beliefs, that I don't agree with it, but that I love them anyways, and and do you still want me here? You know, do you still want... Knowing that I'm here, I mean, can you even... Like, what are you going to do if you're sitting there? Are you going to smile? Are you going to laugh? Are you going to cheer when they kiss? Are you going to... like? What is expected of you? Are you going to sit there with a scowl on your face because you are more concerned with the glory of God than you are with pleasing people, right? Now, I think, more than likely, in good conscience, your friend was like, yeah, I think you should stay home. I appreciate you loving me and all, but I think you should stay home. I don't think you should be here. And... um, and I, I know many people would, would push back and say, well, that's harsh. That doesn't seem very loving. And I would remind them to go back and listen to our, the couple podcasts that we've done on um, uh, weaponized compassion, I think is what we called it. And uh, what was the other one? You guys remember? Untethered sympathy. Untethered sympathy. Because, and there was another one. What was it called? Something the else. Sin of empathy. Sin of empathy. Yeah. Because when Jesus said that I have come to separate father and mother and families, and when he said things like, you will be persecuted because of me, and he, he said that the world will hate you. I think this is one of those areas where we get to feel what he's talking about. Like, I genuinely care for these people. I genuinely love them. I want God to save them and I want them to know God and I want them to be a part of community. But I, but what they're doing is contrary to God's will. What they're doing is a sin. And this, the most loving thing that I could possibly do for this person 
is to warn them about the dangers of sin, to share with them the refuge from sin, which is Christ and only Christ, and to appeal to them to turn away from their flesh, to turn away from their own sinful desires and turn to Christ to be renewed. And I think this situation might be the perfect opportunity for you to actually share the gospel with a person. Yeah. So you get this invitation and you say, hey, can we talk? And you have them over for dinner. And you share with them from a biblical worldview, you share with them how much you love them, how much God loves them. And you share with them scripturally what God says about this and you and you share the gospel, what God has done. Like, it's a sin, but guess what? So is all this other stuff. And Jesus Christ has come and lived a perfect life and died a substitutionary death so that if, so that when we're, if, we, if we are in him, we can have new life and forgiveness and new community and new family. And this might be the perfect opportunity for you to share the gospel with them and for them to either accept Christ or to reject Christ. And if they reject Christ, then more than likely, they will reject you too. And that's why Jesus told us to expect rejection. And I think many of us, maybe we've never been rejected for the sake of Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? And we think everyone was just going to follow Jesus and love Jesus, but that's, that's not the case. So thoughts, what do you guys got? What am I? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? What do you disagree with? What do you? Where, where, so, where? just speaking from my own personal experience and story with this, try and be sensitive with how I share this. Um, so, I have um, lesbian family members now, family family members. At the time they got married, um, I wasn't a part of their family officially yet. I want to say it was about twelve or thirteen years ago. So this was. Um, just, just prior to, um, what I feel like would be true gospel formation for me, theological formation, sacred city. Um, and I, uh, was dating what is, who is now, now my wife, Julia, and it was, uh, her sister that was getting married. And, uh, and I had a little bit of like, should we go to this? But there wasn't enough of a, I, I think my theological thoughts kind of went to, okay, like the Jesus that I see at, uh, like the woman at the well and pursuing the, you know, Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors and the people he shared the table with. And it, and it kind of, eased my conscience enough because I think what I, how, how I was thinking about it was like, more than likely I'm going to be a part of this family and I want to play the long game here. And I know even just from other family members that didn't go to their wedding for biblical reasons that those relationships ended because of that. And so I said, okay, I think I want to play the long game here. I'm going to go to this thing with a little bit of trepidation, but I think, at the time, I felt I didn't feel overly conflicted about it. Where I'm at 
even probably more recently, even with some of the stuff we talked about, the, the sin of empathy and the things that you mentioned, um, I can see how that, um, I think because a wedding more than like a baby shower or something else that you can probably more easily celebrate uh, with people who believe and live differently than you, a, a wedding is very um, sacramental. It's, there's, a, 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 there's more of a weightiness to it. Um, so I, I might have a different um, approach to it now. Um, but at the time, I think what I was seeing was kind of a more of a missional approach. Like, if I don't go, I'm probably just going to get cut off, and that's the end of the relationship. If I do go, yes, in some way, I'm giving my stamp of approval you know, yeah. to it. But at least the relationship continues, and now... And 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 yeah, and since then I've the end can justify the means, I guess, a little bit. Um, so yeah. yeah, and I think that's that that's the that's the quandary, that's the fear. <clears throat> um, let me let me build this out a little bit more. One, um, Jesus shows us. First off, Jesus affirmed what happened in Genesis one when he said that a Mary a marriage is between a man and a, and a woman, okay? And it wasn't because there were no such thing as homosexual marriages back then. That's not true. Yeah. I think it's Nero. I think Nero married two men. Um, and so homosexual marriages happened back then. But Jesus said uh, a marriage is between a man and a woman, right? Uh, he affirmed it. And and then off of that, the in, in the book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul says that God created marriage to point beyond itself to the gospel itself, that how Jesus is our husband and the church is his bride and he's making us white and he's redeeming us and we're going to be united to him in that type of intimate union. And again, there is diversity between us. Um, And homosexual marriage is a false gospel. It's not the way that God intended it. And so I think it does damage to the glory of God and the word of God and the truth of God to actually, to attend that marriage. So we we could think, am I, and this might, some people will will like not understand this, but am I offending God by by going to this? Right. Right. Um, And, and then the other, the other piece that I want to, to kind of play out, um, to give you some backstory. So when Amanda and I got married, her parents through like after we got engaged, had a kind of a switch and some things went on and disapproved of the marriage and we're pushing back on Amanda. And then Amanda basically said, okay, I don't want you at our wedding. If you're going to act like this, I don't want you at our wedding. And, um, and so they didn't come to our wedding and it took years for them to to (laughs) see that they were wrong and, um, and for us to be in restored relationship with them. But we are now, we are in restored relationship. And so I think it's, I don't think it's true necessarily that if I, if I don't attend their wedding, um, then those relationships are going to automatically get caught off, cut off. Now, what happens is, yeah, that, that puts a significant strain on a relationship. But if the week they get back from their honeymoon, 
I ask to go meet with them or I ask to or I invite them over and I make it a point that, or even before the wedding. So I think it's one thing just to deny and say, no, I'm not coming because y'all are sinners. I think it's another thing to actually sit down and have a conversation and express your love for them. I love you, but I love God more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe that I would be denying my God to attend your wedding, mm-hmm. right? But if you pursue this way, I'm still going to love you after the wedding mm-hmm. as much or not more than I did before. I still want to be in your relationship. I still want to be your friend. I want to be whatever, whatever, whatever. And we just put our, we have that tough conversation. We put our cards on the table. And then even after the marriage, we pursue that relationship and we don't just like let that awkward moment go. And then now we're never going to see him again. Yeah. I, I think that's a failure of, um, of, you know, for a Christian to pursue reconciliation and, and to, to be on mission to somebody. If just because they did this thing, now you cut them off. Uh, I don't think that's, that's gospel centered at all. Mm-hmm. I know some people would say, well, Justin, what's the point? What's the difference between two sinners? Would you go to two unbelievers wedding? Well, yeah, I would, because it's a real wedding. It's a male and a female, right? right? That's, so I would, I would attend that wedding. Now, I'll tell you another thing. If it's between a believer and an unbeliever, then I'm not going to go to that wedding because I think that's a sin. I think that's a sin against God. I, I'm not giving my approval to that. You said a believer and an unbeliever? A believer and an unbeliever. Okay. Yeah. Um, Can you flush that out a little bit? Yeah, Scripture tells us specifically not to be unequally yoked, uh, believers with unbelievers, that um, it is, you know, to, to, to be a Christian means God is your center. Mm-hmm. To be an unchristian means you have something else as your center. Well, how can two walk together unless they be in agreement, right? What makes a Christian marriage unbreakable is when both people have God as their center. And so in one sense, every problem they have, they have a a negotiator there with them. They have a mediator there with them. They can say, well, what does scripture say? Well, what does God say about this? Let's go to scripture, right? And hopefully a pastor as well and a community as well. But a believer who's marrying an unbeliever, she, they have no, they have no recourse. And I've seen it far too many times that this believer gets married to this unbeliever and and they think they're going to convert this unbeliever and the exact, and then they usually have a couple kids and now they're in a huge mess. And then what I've seen time and time again, once they have a couple kids, now they want to start going back to church. Mm-hmm. And then the unbeliever says, no, I don't want to go back to church. And now they have this fight over how they're going to raise their children. And typically that's the woman. Typically the woman is wanting to go to church and bring the kids to church. And dad's wanting to go hunting and fishing and watch football on Sundays. And then you have this divided home that is not being led by a biblically qualified man. You have frustration in the marriage. You have all kind of spiritual trauma that's happening to the children. And many times that, that ends in divorce or just a lot of spiritual confusion yeah. in the yeah. children. And so it's not, it's not God's way yeah. for, for, things, for right. that to happen. But two Christians, all on board. Male, female, all on board. Two unbelievers, hey man, I'm all on board for that too because that's a, that's a real marriage between a husband and a wife. Yeah. But uh, an unbeliever and a and an unbeliever and a Christian, no, I'm not. I'm not on board with that because yeah. Scripture commands us not, not not to marry such one. I think one of the most helpful things that 
just from this conversation so far is um, the refinement and I, I think the expanse the more expansive view, I, I feel like I had a very narrow view of what is the missional move here? Narrow in the sense of like, I, I was thinking, well, it's just going to stop. If I don't go, if I don't attend, relationship over, missional opportunity done. But I think the way that you're talking about it and, and, and it's a, it's more of, again, like taking up your, cro- your cross and, and following Jesus and drawing the line in the sand and saying, not in a cold way, no, but in a clear way, no, and here's why. Yeah. And this is who I am, and this is what I believe, and, and here's why, where I have to draw the line. But I hope that the rela- relationship can still continue, everything you just said. So I think that's, a, that's still, that's not non-missional. That's not non, um, it's confrontational, but it's, it's, it's um, I, th- I think that, view was not in mind for me, you know, over and a decade ago. So most of the time, if we're honest, we're afraid of looking bad. We're afraid of looking like a bigot. And maybe we're afraid of being cut off, right? Um, and this is the piece that could be a huge gospel opportunity. Because if a person says to you, you know, fine, I don't want to be in your life anyways. I don't want to know you. I don't want to have bigots as my friends, right? Or whatever. That's like the person that has a shirt that says, can't we all just get along and be friends while giving you the middle finger to your face? Yeah. So what, what do I mean by that? You, as the Christian, have this, what we could consider a hard line in the sand. This is a sin against God. This is contrary to nature. Um, If you follow this path, this could ultimately lead you to hell. I'm not going to be present and giving my affirmation, my public affirmation of this union. But I love you. And the day after or the week after or when you get back from your honeymoon, I'm committed to being in relationship with you and loving you and pursuing you. Yeah. So it's having a hard line in the sand and yet still saying, I disagree with you completely because of my religion, because of what I believe God has revealed to me, but I still want to be in relationship with you, right? I'm not saying I'm better than you, anything Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying. This is what tolerance, true tolerance looks like. Yeah. But, and what it does is it puts that couple or that that person on the other side of the fence where now they have to choose if they really believe what they say they believe. Because they say they want plurality. They want pluralism. They want tolerance. They want different viewpoints and different worldviews to be able to all hold hands and sing Kumbaya together. But if they cut me out of their life because of my, first off, historical Christian beliefs that have been consistent ever since... I mean, we're talking minimally 10,000 years, Christian marriage, or, you know, Mm. through Judaism, et cetera, uh, heterosexual marriage has been the norm. And now, because of something that's happened in the last, what is it, since Obama, whenever that is, I don't remember what year it got, 10 years? 10 years? So 10,000 years to 10 years, right? Who's being the bigot? Who's being intolerant? Mm. 
mm-hmm. right? If they're cutting me out of their life because th- that I haven't changed, I haven't changed my view in the past ten years as fast as the society has, then actually they're the ones being intolerant. They're the ones who don't really believe what they say they believe. Yeah. And 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 I can't just do this argumentally. I can't. I got to pursue them, pursue them relationally. Yeah. I think a lot of people as well. They just. Um, they feel like they have to save the person. And I feel like a lot of people get lost and they have to, they need to remember that God is the one that does the saving. He does use his people to be able to spread his word. And we got to be comfortable enough to understand that we can plant the seed, but God can only do the watering in that process. So mm-hmm. hopefully that'd be helpful for some people. Yeah. And I think we also have to be aware that the fear of man is a real thing. Yeah. All of us want to be accepted. Mm-hmm. All of us want to be the cool Christians. Yeah. All of us, none of us want to look like bigots. None of us want to look like uh, that church, that Westboro Baptist church that has signs that say God hates fags and things like that. None of us want to, like, that's not us. We're not on that team. But, but the temptation is that we literally become um, liberals, we literally become theological liberals. We literally lose sight of God's truth and we become universalists that says, oh, well, God just loves everybody and you can go live your life and do your thing and God somehow will just, you know, accept you in the pearly, pearly gates no matter what you do when that's not reality. So we have to be very careful in being missional that we're not just giving in to the spirit of the age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not just trying to look cool. Because we'll fall into what the world's doing, and before you know, we have we lost the focus. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. we are to be in the world and not of the world. Yeah, right. So, wh- where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? Well, marriage is a sacred institution given to us by God. Mm-hmm. That is one place that you draw the line. That's one place that you draw the line. So, mm-hmm. should a Christian a- attend a gay wedding? Um, I would have to say. Absolutely not. But we're not going to do it. I, I think the deeper the relationship you have, the more uh, thoughtful the conversation you need to have yeah. is. Yeah. And I know. think delivery is key as well because, like you said, a lot of people just want to you know, throw it in their face and say, this is, my, this is my religion, this is what I believe, you're wrong, you know, and just give them the stiff arm. And, and that's not the way at, at any means. We should be loving and caring and be able to share our point of view in a loving way, but at the same time, like, this is my truth, God's truth, and I'm sticking with it, so. Yeah, yeah and I would, I would, just doing some self-reflection here, um, in hindsight is 2020, but um, if you have, uh, my encouragement would be, if, if you have a relationship with a homosexual or anyone who maybe has a, a more progressive worldview or something that you know is gonna, could potentially cause a problem down the road, I would start doing the theological work now mm-hmm. because it's hard when you get presented in the moment with, will you come, will you come to this wedding? You know, you get invited to the thing and you haven't done the thought. And then I, I think what happened for me was I was isolating a moment or a picture of Jesus and it, which is easy. It, I would say from scripture, like, you know, if you look at the woman at the well or like the things I said, or, you know, Jesus ate with sinners, you can see almost a more progressive version of Jesus than he actually was. 
And so take the time to say, what's the full picture of Jesus and how, how he, how, what are examples of this from across scripture? Do that work beforehand before you get in the moment and, and you don't know how to respond. And then you make a decision that you uh, maybe regret or wish you, wish you would have handled differently. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I think that you, you bring up a good point. If you don't, it, I think just from breathing the air of our culture, you get this, none of us want to be canceled. Right. None of us want a bunch of people to get on our fa- Facebook and say mean things about us, right? And so we have this maybe underlying desire to just go with the flow. I just don't want to make a big stink about anything. I don't want anybody to be turned off in any way from Jesus because of my actions. And so we almost have this default setting of just don't offend anybody, don't offend anybody, don't offend anybody. And if you don't have a theological backbone that actually has a passion for the glory of God and the word of God and the institutions that God has given us, like marriage and the family and the church, um, then when that choice comes, you don't even realize it, but your choice was made a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You chose to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. You chose to have no backbone. You chose to be, you know, to just sit there smiling and nobody even knows that you are a Christian or nobody even knows that you disagree with what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to do the theological work to get that backbone. So when the tough, tough decision comes, we, we, you know, maybe, and also if if you've talked about it enough, the conversation might not even happen right away because they already know what you think. They Mm -hmm. already know what you believe, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they could, maybe even they come to you. Um, But I, I think many of us, we don't know what we believe and we don't know what the scripture says and we may haven't been very vocal about it. And so um, the temptation to compromise the word of God. And what did Jesus say? If you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father in heaven. All right. And, and once it's, that's exactly what attending a homosexual marriage is, is just, Denying God, denying his standard, mm-hmm. acting like he approves of what this is mm-hmm. when he doesn't. So it's not easy, but uh, it's necessary. And I think it's going to, uh, I think it's going to separate some sheeps and goats yeah. in the next couple decades. Can I ask one more question? Mm-hmm. So what does, I feel like we've acknowledged two things that are helpful too, um, that let's say, this the listener who asked this question already attended the wedding uh or other people out there have done this what i'm i'm curious um to not have people continue to walk in shame or guilt about decisions they made what does repentance look like because first knowing you've you've we've acknowledged that you've offended god in this so what does repentance and turning back to the lord in this look like and then maybe to that person because you maybe gave a false a false version of yourself or um, a false picture of what it is you actually believe? It's a good question. Well, I think the repentance before God um, just means going to him and saying, Father, um, thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for showing me your word. Thank you for straightening me out. Thank you for bringing conviction of sin. Um, 
I repent yeah. and I want to honor your word and honor your truth and honor your institutions. And so, uh, help me make better decisions in the future and, and, uh, and think through this. And then maybe you need, you need to go talk to your spouse about it, right? Or mm-hmm. talk to your kids about it. <clears throat> I think this is a conversation that every parent needs to be having with their kids. Yeah. So, because um, your kids are going to be bringing, they might be bringing home gay friends. And then that's going to, that's basically, you're starting that untethered sympathy right there. You're ta- you, you, or untethered sympathy and that sin of empathy right there is, you, you're getting to be really good friends with them, and now all of a sudden, what a, you know, you're, yeah. you gotta, you gotta teach your kids what we believe, and how to stand for the truth and stand for God's word while still pursuing that person in relationship to, to share the gospel with them. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then, as far as, um, I, I don't think you would need to. I, you guys push back on this. I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not convicted right now that you would need to go to repent. Okay. To, yeah. uh, to the other couple, you know. Um, yeah, I think you missed a huge opportunity. I think that's the biggest thing. I think you missed a huge opportunity to show someone their need for the gospel and to share the gospel with someone. Yeah. Now they're already married and you're going to be pursuing um, pursuing them in a different way. And let's just be honest. Guys, this, this, it's still difficult because if you're pursuing this couple and they're homosexual and they're married, um, if they come to faith, their repentance looks like getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what their repentance looks like, which is very different from like a male and a female who are both unbelievers and one of them becomes a Christian. Their repentance looks like confessing their sins and staying married, right? Mm-hmm. So it does get complicated. And now listen, there's a lot... Um, there's there's a lots of folks in the in the church right now who ha- had have had to do this. They they're practicing homosexuals. They were married. They came to faith in Jesus Christ. And they got a divorce, and they're pursuing Jesus. Either um, right now is either single people or some of them even have uh, have pursued him in heterosexual relationships. So, um, but that's what repentance that's what repentance looks like for them. So. I don't think you need to, this person that attended the wedding and now they're looking back and saying, oh, maybe I shouldn't have. I don't think you need to go to that person, go to them. I just think you need to, to pursue that relationship, continue to pursue that relationship and then look for opportunities to share the gospel. Yeah. yeah. You know? So you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to go to that person and say like, I, I may have pursued, like uh, lied or um, showed that I, you know, approve of this marriage, but I really don't. That might depend upon like, your exuberance at the wedding, like, did you really seem like, did you make yourself seem like a person that's like, are you front row cheering everybody on? Or, you know, maybe that's a little more like, how did you seem versus what you actually Yeah, and it, it, yeah. it depends on, does that person know you're, who you really are? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the hope is that they would because they invited you to the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. But it's if you just came to faith or something, or you, oh, okay. you're not, you know what I mean? There's lots of different yeah, yeah. nuances. So... Yeah, I think you it would be I think you should have a conversation with them and uh, and talk about your beliefs, you know, talk about what what you uh what you believe. Whether if it's um hey, I just want you to know that I'm a Christian now and I came to faith and and that means that I don't believe that homosexual marriage is honors God and is good, but 
I want you to know that I do still love you and I do still want to be in this relationship. You know, do you want to talk about this? You know, whatever, something along those lines. Not easy, but, um, I don't think it's so hard to get a person to believe the gospel. If that person is completely convinced that they don't need the gospel. Right. And, um, we're all sinners and we all are broken and we're all, we all need the grace of Jesus. And I think this is one opportunity where you can, um, you can point at that need and, and share the gospel of Jesus. With Absolutely. Them. So, all right, well, that's all I've got off the top of my head. So if you guys have any questions, listeners at home, anything that you don't think we covered very well, um, yeah, send it Justin at Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com. We would love to help you. Hopefully this is helpful to you. We love you. God bless you. Talk to you soon.